0: At Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. We looked at this last week, but I just want to emphasize this again because what happens is you see these scriptures, and then you say, Well, Alex, I gotta still do, I gotta work hard to show the result of of, of my salvation. And so, and I'm really praying that the Lord Gives me the correct utterance here because this is a very fine line. Because the the thing is, yeah, you know, we still do things. The the, the difference is, however, you've got to understand that you're not doing anything in your own strength and self effort in this life as a believer. You see, notice what he says here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, wow, Alex, how does how does that line up with what you're telling us here? <laughs> Is he, hey, Alex, this doesn't sound like God's doing the work. This sounds like I have to do the work. It sounds like I have to. Um, man, I got to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. But guys, remember what we showed you last week. You don't want to just take a, a, a verse of scripture out of context. No, you want to what you want to do is you want to examine, well what's the context here? And I look at verse 13. Verse 13 he goes on to say and guys remember You know, it's funny that sometimes we just kind of read a verse of scripture like that verse stands all by itself, but this is a train of thought. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Holy Spirit is speaking through the Apostle Paul here, and he's speaking in complete sentences, guys, and so he's not just finishing after this one verse. He goes on in the next verse where he says, for or because, watch this now, it is God which worketh in you. Stop right there. He says God is working in you. He says it's, it's only because God's already at work on the inside of you. See, glory to God. It's only because God is working in you that you have the ability to even do what he's telling you to do. In verse 12, he says God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Look at these verses in the NLT. NLT verse 12 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Watch this now work hard. Alex, I'm supposed to work hard. How can you say it's all grace? Hold on, friend. He says, Work hard. To show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And so a couple of things here. He says we are showing the results of our salvation. In other words, we're showing the results of something that is already accomplished. And so guys, what this means is when he says work out your salvation, this is actually quite literally saying that we are to work out what is already on the inside of us. Glory to God. Did you catch that, friend? He says, he says, we work out what is already on the inside of us. It is God working on the inside of you. You see, and what is he doing? Look at the next verse in the NLT. He says, for God is working in you. He's giving you the desire, guys, and he's giving you the power to do what pleases him. Child of God in this new covenant. God is never going to call you to do anything that He's not giving you the ability to do. Remember, grace is all about supply, supply, supply. And so we are called to work out what's going on on the inside of us. Now, what you really want to understand here is, is that the moment you got into Christ, guys, what happened is the moment you got into Christ, you became a new creation, because how many know the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ, you're a new person in Christ. Now what that's talking about is your spirit. You see, because you want to remember that what you are is is spirit, soul, and body. In fact, look at real fast. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the time to actually look at this. First Thessalonians 5.23, I want to show you this. And I want you to really see the principle here. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 23. Let me just find it real quick. Because I want you just to really see that everything we're showing you guys is Scripture. He says in verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now stop right there. Now the word sanctify here is, is is to set apart, is to set you apart for God's purposes. It's really the same as saying to make you holy. Now, now, notice this. He says, sanctify you holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, as in completely. Well, hold on, Alex. What does this mean? He says that there's to be sanctified, there's to be sanctified wholly, and now look how he explains it. He says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, notice what you are is spirit, soul, and body. To be sanctified holy means to be sanctified in spirit, soul, and body. And so, here's what we're saying your spirit is the deepest part of who you are, friend. It's really who you really are. You, you know, you, you, you are a spirit. God is a spirit. The Bible says in John 4 24 that God is a spirit. Now what you are is a spirit. Now you possess a soul that's your mind, your will and your emotions and you also live in a physical body. Your physical body is not really who you are. I want you to understand it's not who you are. It's, it's really kind of like your your earth suit, <laughs> you know, it's it's the house that you dwell in. But what you are is a spirit. Now you have a soul that's your mind, your will and your emotions. You live in a body and he says to be sanctified holy is to be sanctified in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. Now catch this, the moment you got into Christ, friend, you were sanctified in your spirit. Glory to God. You see, the part of you that is a new creation, the part of you that is uh, made completely new in Christ, guys, I want you to understand, it's not your body. You see, when you got born again, your body didn't change. Your body stayed the same. You see, when you got born again, your, your your soulish realm didn't change. In other words, you still have the same kind of thought patterns going on, the same kind of mental, emotional conditioning is uh, going on, glory to God. But what I want you to understand is that the Spirit was made completely new. And so in your born-again spirit, I want you to understand you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In your born-again spirit, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, you are one spirit with the Lord. You've been grafted into uh, Jesus. You've been grafted into uh, the Godhead. And so in your spirit you're already fully sanctified watch this now in your soul however sanctification is a process and so the sanctification this process of being made holy is kind of paradoxical because it's already complete and you will actually see scriptures where he talks about that you're already sanctified and then you will see scriptures where he talks about well you're still in the process of being sanctified and so Alex how do I reconcile this you reconcile it by understanding it's in my spirit, I'm already righteous. But now I got to work it out through my soul. You see, now I got to bring my mind, my will, and my emotions into alignment with what's already true about me in Christ. Look at verse 24, however. He says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. This is huge, guys. You know, for the longest time, I would teach on this, and I would never really teach on verse 24, because for the longest time, I had kind of like a, you know, a bit of a performance-based approach to this, where I said, well, you know, we're, we're already righteous in our spirit, now it's up to us, you know, now we got to renew our mind in the Word, uh, now we got to really do all these things to line up with who we are in Christ, now that is true, But you are never doing all of these things in your own strength and ability. I really think, guys, when we understand that even the renewing of the mind, the only reason you can actually really do that is is because the Holy Spirit is helping you to do that. You know, you get into the Word, that's something you can do. But guys, how many know you're going to need the Spirit of God, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you to really, to help the Word come alive in your heart, you see. You see, and so, and so, we have a role to play. We participate in what God is doing, but our participation is always our cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Go back uh, to uh, Philippians here in the NLT, verse 13 or verse 12, actually, first, where he says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. And so the results of your salvation is, man, my faith is in Jesus. I believe who Jesus has made me to be. And now what happens is, is you, you're working hard, is you aligning your, your mind, your will and your emotions with what God says it's true about you in His Word, and you're doing it not in your own strength and self-effort, you're doing it through the help of the Holy Spirit, who is already bearing witness, guys, because remember, the Holy Spirit is your advocate. Glory to God, the Holy Spirit is that still small voice that's speaking to you even right now. You are a child of God. The Holy Spirit is uh, the one who is speaking to you even right now that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you see, Uh, that when you uh, walk in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you can miss it. Man, you can make some mistakes, you, you, you you can fall short. But it's the Holy Spirit who's going to speak to you in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that ditch. He's going to say, no, I am well pleased with you. Oh, your behavior is not who you are. No, who you are is who, who, who Jesus has made you to be. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see? You see? And so it's the Holy Spirit who's bearing witness to you of your identity in Christ. Now, working hard to show the results of that is you getting into agreement with it. It is you to. It is you aligning yourself with that. Are you guys catching this here this morning? If you understand what I'm saying, type Amen in the chat. Type Amen in the chat, guys. And so, we work out what's on the inside of us. Now, here's the key, however... This process, guys, is going to happen to the degree that we turn our attention away from ourselves and we look to Jesus. You see, what's interesting and almost paradoxical here is that transformation doesn't happen by me just looking at myself and saying, man, I got to clean up my life or I got to do better or I got to be more disciplined or whatever. No. No, transformation, guys, actually happens the more that I can look away from myself and the more that I can look to Jesus. You see, beholding Jesus, and guys, what is this? This is relationship. This is relationship. You see, oftentimes we say, well... You know, you just gotta get into the word, and that's true. But you see, when you get into the word, remember you're 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 getting into the word while you're fellowshipping with Jesus, you see. You're getting into the word, understanding that the author of Scripture has taken up residence on the inside of you, and so it's all relational, guys. Everything in this Christian life, it's not principle, it's relationship. It's relationship. And so, beholding Jesus and fellowshipping with Jesus is going to be what enables the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. It's so like the more time I'm, I'm focused on myself, it, you know, that's when the Holy Spirit is going to be limited. But it's, it's it's when I'm looking to Jesus, guys, glory to God. That's when the Holy Spirit can really go to work in my life. Because remember, what did the Bible say? He says, as you're beholding Jesus, you're being transformed from glory to glory into the image of the person you are beholding. Child of God, this is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everybody say that out loud. It's all about Jesus. Say this whole thing is all about Jesus. And so you look to Him, Holy Spirit works on the inside of you. You get into the word, but you're always doing it with your fellowship. You're doing it knowing he's there with you. And you also do it knowing, in other words, you, 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 you look at the word through the lens of what Jesus has already done for you, through the lens of grace. And now, Alex, what does it mean to obey God with this fear and trembling? Well, he says here in the NLT, it's, it's, it's a deep reverence and fear. And so, guys, this is not fear in the sense of, man, I'm afraid that if I don't perform correctly today, uh, man, God's not going to be pleased with me, man. Uh, you know, lightning might come and strike me dead, dude. No, 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 no. That is not what this is talking about. You see, this is talking about reverential fear. Really what, it, what, it, what it's saying is, is that when we spend time in God's awesome presence, it's going to lead to this reverential fear. Now, what is that? This is simply to be in awe and to have reverence and to have a great regard for the holiness of God, which is beautiful, guys. Glory to God. When you see the holiness of God, when you see His glory, when you see His splendor, and when you see His majesty, it's going to produce some reverential fear on the inside of you. This is reverential respect. It's to have a high regard for who God is, it is to have a high regard for His holiness, for His majesty, for His splendor. And so, in that, and then when that happens, guys, we cannot help but bow down low in the presence of this majestic God who has decided by His grace to dwell among us, guys, and to dwell in us. That's going to produce some reverence, some awe, some wonder some fear, some respect. That's what he's talking about. You see? You see? Praise God. Just praise him for a moment, guys. Just take a moment right here and just praise him. Just thank him. Just thank him for who he is, guys. And so this is speaking of a recognition of God's absolute holiness and His love and His unmerited favor towards us, the fact that a perfect, holy God does not require you and I to perform to be okay with Him because He loves us with a perfect love, because He has showered us with His unmerited favor, guys, and that's going to produce some reverence. And that's the the heart, the heart posture that's going to enable the Holy Spirit to work in your life. If you understand that, say amen. And so how do I live this life of grace is the question we are asking. The answer, I live this life of grace by depending on and trusting in the working of the Spirit of grace on the inside of me. The grace life is the spiritual life. It is the Spirit-led life. It is a life of depending on the Holy Spirit. Let's finish it off with uh, St. John chapter 6, verse 63, in the few minutes we've got left here uh, in the NLT. And guys, bear with me. We're still working on the lighting. I, I think i got a lot of sunlight coming in through the window again here today, but that's fine. Uh, at least I'm, uh, I'm nice and bright here. Amen. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here today. It's going to be an awesome day today, guys. And so let's finish off here real fast. We got a, a couple, a few minutes here, in uh, Saint John chapter six, verse sixty-three, and we'll pick this up next week. And this is Jesus speaking here. and Notice what he says, guys. He says the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Now this is what I want you to see: human effort accomplishes nothing. That's huge, guys. And he says, the very words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so the word of God is spirit. It is life. And so the, the, the Holy Spirit is never going to work separate and apart from the word. You see, this is why you do get into the word. And then the Holy Spirit works on the inside of you. He confirms the word of grace to your heart. But you're always doing it from this place of your relationship with him. And so the Holy Spirit begins our lives as Christians when we are born again. We are born of the Spirit. And in the same way that we've received Christ Jesus as Lord, we now must follow Him. This is by depending on the Holy Spirit. And now guys, catch this. Just as human effort did nothing to get us born again. In other words, Jesus did the work. You didn't help Him out, right? You just believed. In the same way that human effort did nothing to get us born again, in that same way, human effort does nothing in our lives as believers. And so I really pray that you are catching the distinction here because, again, we're doing stuff, but it's not, we we're never doing anything out of our own strength and self effort. The simplest way to put it, guys, is man it comes back to i got to depend on god man i got to depend on god in everything that i do you see the 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 holy spirit when you depend on him he's going to he's going to teach you man he's going to he's going to teach you how to live right he's going to teach you how to be a husband he's going to teach you how to be a father he's going to teach you how to do your business he's going to teach you man whatever it is he's calling you to do you see, you do what you got to do. You got to learn some skills, you learn some skills. But it's the Holy Spirit who can give you the wisdom that's needed in order for you to truly operate in what God has made available to you. You see, human effort, guys, profit's nothing. It's it accomplishes nothing because human effort is is the flesh. That's really what it is. You see, one of the definitions of flesh is is self-effort and, and and performance. It's you relying on your own strength and ability. That's the flesh. And the fact of the matter is, guys, there's nothing good whatsoever in the flesh. The flesh is inherently flawed. It's inherently sinful. I don't care. You know, you can be the best human there is in the natural, guys but you're always going to fall short because you were not created and designed to operate in self-effort and performance. You were created and designed by Almighty God to live in an intimate fellowship with Him and to live a life where you are depending on Him, where you're trusting on Him, And so when I'm operating in the flesh, self-effort and performance, sooner or later I'm going to fall short. Yet when I depend on the Holy Spirit, I'm still going to fall short. Now make no mistake, guys, we still miss it. (laughs) But, But the Holy Spirit is going to be able to gradually produce change and transformation in my life that I could have never produced on my own. Holiness, guys, in this new covenant is administered by the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. It's funny that we didn't catch this sooner, guys, man. I mean, he's the Holy Spirit. The fruit he's going to produce is holiness. Amen. (laughs) You see? You see? And so, how do I live this life of grace? By trusting and depending on the Spirit of grace on the inside of me. And every day I live in a way where I say, Lord, I need you. I practice my relationship. I come to him just as I am. I don't try to clean myself up before I come to him because I know I can't do that. No, <laughs> you see, you come to him in the mess that you are, man. And what he's going to do is he's not going judge to judge you or condemn you. No, what he's going to do is he's going to help you. He's going to help you too. Clean that mess up, man. But you got to trust him, you got to depend on him. Your relationship with him has got to be the priority, it's all about relationship. You and I are called to be in an intimate one-on-one relationship with a God. You and I are called to fellowship day by day with a Jesus by means of his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That is how we live this life of grace, guys.